Good morning to you, and thank you for being a part of this class today. We are talking about what the Bible says about worry. And before we get started, just want to see if we can guess the things that Americans are most worried about. So did a Google search, didn't have to look very hard. What are the top 15 things Americans are worried about? So I have some people joining me on Facebook this morning and would love to ask to, to, to see if you can guess what are the 15 things that people are most worried about. So in the comments, let me know what, what you think people are most worried about. Would love to hear from you and see if we can guess these 15 things. So what are some of the things that Americans are worried about? Any guesses from those, uh, those of you who are joining me live right now? The virus. This article, these 15 things were put together before the virus, but uh, certainly uh, a friend or relative's health and our own health are two of them. Uh, but yes, uh, so health is definitely four and five. A friend, it's interesting that we worry more about a friend or a relative's health than we do our own health. Uh, but uh, number four is a friend or relative's health. Number five is our own health. Money is number two. Uh, so here's the top 15 list, and I'll do this in descending order. Uh, number 15, getting cheated on. Don't know the age group of people, but anyway, it's there. Number 14, terrorism. Number 13, being the victim of a crime. Number 12, our pet's health. Number 11, growing old alone. Number 10, our family safety. Number nine, our appearance. Number eight, not waking up to our alarm. Now, I think most of the folks that I we have today are, are retired, so I don't know if you set an alarm anymore. Number seven, missing a bus or a plane. Number six, relationships. Number five, our own health. Number four, a friend or relative's health. Number three, being late. Number two, money. And number one, the thing we worry about most is work. How about that? Uh, Dwight, the, no the November election. Yes, I know a lot of people are worried about the November election. Definitely something that uh, people are worried about. So that's the list, the top 15 things Americans are worried about. Again, I don't know the demographic group of who was asked the question or the survey, uh, but uh, I think it it tells us a lot about the things that we are concerned about, the things we worry about. So uh, the, um, the study also found that 84%, 84% of Americans, 84% of us have lost sleep over worrying and 60% 60 say worrying has affected our relationships. So 84%, have you ever lost sleep because you were worrying? Has your worry ever impacted a relationship that you have with someone else? How deep does our worry go and how much does it impact our life? What did Jesus have to say about worry? Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 through 27, Jesus said, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food? Is the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? Okay, so top 15 things. Is there anything on there that, that 
um, is there anything else that you worry about that wasn't on the list? So we had the November election, obviously the, the virus. Um, what, what else? Our, our family. I mean, uh, yeah, definitely our family. But uh, uh, what do we worry about? And why do we worry? Why do we hurry? So I went to Psychology Today to ask the question to their website, why do people worry? Why do people, why do people worry? And here are the five common beliefs about why people worry, why it is that we think people worry. Uh, number one, if you worry, you never had a bad, you never have a bad surprise in life. Uh, if you worry, the worst will happen. You won't be surprised when it does. You know, if you, if you take your car to the dealership, if you, if you worry that you need to get a new $7,000 engine or whatever, and you turn out, you just need a new, you know, whatever, and it's only $200, then, you know, if you, you know, you worry the worst will happen and then anything Anything that isn't the worst is, is actually, you know, it's a good thing then, right? Uh, so never have a bad surprise if you worry. We believe I'll be safer if I worry. I'll be safer if I worry. Uh, but as Jesus said, can you add a single hour to your life by worrying? I don't know. Are you safer by worrying? Can you be safer by worrying? Uh, I remember once when I first started preaching at my home congregation, I was giving a sermon about North Korea. Or news had just come out about North Korea and something about how they're going to attack something. And I made the statement, I'm not worried about it. I'm not worried about it. Why am I not worried about it? Because I can't control it. There's nothing that I can do living in Romeo, Michigan at the time as a youth director at a church to stop North Korea from starting a war. There's nothing I can do. Why, why spend time worrying about something I can't control? I don't want it to happen, but how does worry help? How does worry help? And I got some feedback. You, you shouldn't say that. You shouldn't say you're not worried about things like that. But, but in reality, scripturally, I'm, there's a lot of times when I say something and, and people are like, you really shouldn't say that. But I mean, most of the things I say, I have a, the scripture has kind of created, molded, shaped my, my, my attitude, my thoughts. Is it is it silly to admit that I don't worry about a war starting? Probably, but what can I do? Can I be safer if I worry? I, can I add a single hour to my life by worrying? Jesus says no, but I don't know. Can we? Um, number three, this is a big one. I think this is one that we struggle with a lot. This is one that we struggle with a lot. I show I care about somebody by worrying about them. And, and your comments this morning have said that, you know, a lot of you worry about family. You worry about your children, your kids going back to school. You were, you know, so we worry about our family. And so I show I care by worrying about them. Now, I know that we have a lot of people listening this morning who were just commissioned as Stephen ministers or who are Stephen ministers. How does worrying help us care about someone else? If I don't worry about them, does it mean that I don't care about them? If I don't worry, does it mean I don't care? Uh, would love to hear what you think about that. And, and, and on the flip side of that, can you care for someone without worrying about them? Can you let somebody know, I care about you. I'm here for you. I want the best for you, but I'm not going to worry about you. I'm not going to worry. Uh, how, what would that look like? How can we care about somebody without worrying about them. We'd love to hear your thoughts on this uh, in the comments. Okay, number four, worrying 
motivates me. The, uh, the, uh, the thinking is if I don't worry, if I just have this carefree attitude, Hakuna Matata, right? My daughter started watching The Lion King and now she's been singing Hakuna Matata all summer. Uh, you know, this problem-free philosophy, right? Uh, is the problem with that is we become complacent and unproductive, right? That's the thing is we think that if we don't worry about stuff, if we don't always have stuff on our mind, we're going to become complacent and unproductive and we're not going to get anything done and we're not going to worry about anything and we're just going to become lazy because we don't worry about anything. I'm not worried about it. It doesn't bother me, right? I don't have retirement savings. I don't need it. I'm not worried about it. doesn't matter, right? Uh, And then the fourth thing, or I'm sorry, the fifth thing, the fifth and final thing to go back to what Craig said, um, Worrying helps me solve problems. Does worry help us solve problems? And what is the difference between productive concern that leads to problem solving and wheel spinning worry, where we just sit all day and worry and we don't know what else to do? Is there a difference between those two things? The the productive concern that leads to problem solving, the I realize that if we don't pivot, if we don't, you know, this is vision stuff for leading a company. If we don't pivot, my concern has, I see that if we keep going in this direction, you know, something bad is going to happen. We're going to run out of money. We're going to whatever. And so we need to pivot and pro- solve problems now so that we can, you know, better be better, build a better foundation for the future versus Oh man, I'm just worried that we're going to go out of business. I'm just worried that things are never going to get better. I'm just, you know, there's just, uh, you know, so there is that thought process. When we worry, we we can be more productive at times because we worry, we like to do things that take our mind off of what we're worried about, right? And so we can be more, we can be productive and we can work on things, specifically, you know, mindless things, things that, uh, things that we can do and don't have to really think that hard about. Uh, but I think, uh, you know, these, these five common beliefs, never have a bad surprise. I'll be safer if I worry. I show care. Uh, I, I show that I care by worrying. Worrying motivates me. Worrying helps me solve problems. Uh, I don't know necessarily that any one of those are actually true. I mean, I would say that the, the, the productive concern that helps us to solve problems, that's a good thing. That, but, but that's natural in life to see something isn't working and to say, I'm going to stop doing this thing that isn't working and I'm going to solve this problem and I'm going to find something else that works better. So, uh, but how does, so then the, the next question is, okay, how does worry impact us? How does worry impact us? Well, I, someone just said over here, worry, ca- Jackie said it, worry causes stress, which causes illness. Worry causes people to, you know, I've lost my hair because I've been worried. I've, you know, I, people lose weight, people gain weight because they're worried. Uh, and so um, what does worry do to us? Well, well, I want to ask, ask the question, what is the opposite of worry? What is the opposite of worry? What do you all think the opposite of worry is? I uh, Googled it and looked for uh, some of the, uh, the, the opposites, and here are four that I found. The opposite of worry, number one, joy. Number two, comfort. Number three, trust. And number four, peace. Worry is such a broad word that there are so many opposites that we can say. Now, there are so many others than this, but these are just ones that I picked. Joy, comfort, trust, and peace. Because these are Christian words, words that we use in the church, words that are from the Bible. Where 
where as people of faith do we find joy, comfort, trust, and peace? And so if worry is the opposite of that, how can we lean into the, those four things? So uh, first, I'm going to take a look at joy and comfort. Psalm 94, verse 19. When anxiety was great within me, your consolation brought me joy. When anxiety was great within me, your consolation brought me joy. That is Psalm 94, verse 19. So how does your consolation brought me joy? When, when worry was great within me, your comfort brought me joy. So how does God comfort us and how does that bring us joy? I would say that when we look at the problems of life, when we look at the problems of, there's a lot to worry about, right? We can worry about a lot of things, but in the end, the thing that we worry about most, right, is death, you know, if, if death isn't on the table, we can pretty much recover from anything, right? I mean, we can, we, we are adaptable. We can figure out life. Uh, we can figure out life with any problem, right? It, you know, if we don't get the right job, if we don't get our kids, kids don't get into the right school, all, all those things, right? The, the, you know, we want all everything to go well, but we can work with pretty much anything except death, and so then the question becomes, well, what is, how does God comfort us in the midst of death? And that's when we talk about heaven. That's when we mention eternal life, right? If we believe what God has to say about eternal life, that the, the place that we go after this life is better than this life, what no eye has seen, what no mind has even thought of, how great heaven will be. So we can find comfort in the deepest and darkest moments of life, in the, in the, in the most painful moments of life if we truly believe what God has to say about eternal life. Everything back of that, you know, a diagnosis that's going to make life more difficult, we're going to have to be, you know, more, make life more painful, all those things. We can, um, we can find some kind of adaptability. We can find some kind of new normal, right? I mean, people have learned to live with the most amazing crippling things. And, and we were, we don't want those things, right? But I would say... Um, Jackie, you say, I don't worry about me dying. I worry about my loved ones dying. Well, I think absolutely true. Absolutely true. Because life without them is going to be painful and it's going to be difficult. Uh, but every single relationship we have is going to end in death, either ours or theirs. Because death, you know, death finds us all. And so how do we find comfort in that? How do we find joy in that? Well, the comfort and joy, the only comfort and joy that we can find in that is the promise of eternal life that God gives us. Uh, number number three, uh, so joy and comfort, they were part of the same one. Number three, trust. Uh, Proverbs 3, verse 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. So there's a question that I ask a lot is, is worry a sign that we don't trust God? Is worry a sign that we don't trust God? Proverbs 3, 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Is worry a sign that we don't trust God? And do not lean on your own understanding. I think worry comes from a place of our own understanding, right? We're trying to figure something out, and we don't know what the end is going to be. We're trying to see, see the future. What is the end of this going to look like? We're unsure, and so we worry. We worry because we don't know what the end is going to look like. We're trying to figure it out. We're trying to lean on our own understanding. Proverbs 3, 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart 
and do not lean on your own understanding. So is worry a sign that we don't trust God? Now, I think it's important here that we we point out the difference between believing in God and having faith. Believing in God is, yeah, I believe there's something out there, right? I believe, I believe there's something out there. Don't know what it is. Don't, don't need to know. I just believe it's out there, right? Faith is trusting that God is with me, trusting that God is with me, trusting that God is with you, and trusting that God will keep God's promises, trusting that God has made promises to us to be with us, uh, and to love us and to forgive us and to save us, trusting that God is going to keep promises. That's to me what faith is. Faith is faith equals trust, trusting in God. Living a life of faith is living a life in which we trust God. So can we trust God and worry at the same time? I think a lot of us do. I think a lot of us do. Um, Carol, I agree, and we're trying to control what we can't. Yes, that's the thing, right? Uh, it's a it's a question about control. I trust God, but I want to be in control. I trust that God is with me. I trust that God is there. I trust that God is going to do all the things that God has said that God will do, but I still want to be in control. I, I, I want to know the end of this story, and I want it to be the way I want it to be, right? I mean, that's, and so how do we, how do we let go? How do we let go of that control? How do we let go uh, of, of the worry? How do we let go and learn to trust? Philippians 4, 6. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your mind in Christ Jesus. Philippians 4, 6 and 7. The peace of God, will trans- which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So Paul was writing about a transaction here, a transaction. You know, you, you bring the candy up to the counter and you put it down and you give them money and that candy is now yours, right? It's a transaction. This is the transaction that Paul is talking about. When we worry, we take our worry up to God and put it on the counter and God takes our worry and gives us back peace. Just like they take our money and give us candy, right? We, we take our worry to God in prayer, we give it to God, and God gives us back peace. Hand our worry to God, God gives back peace. It's a transaction. That's what Philippians 4, 6 through 7 is. It's a transaction. We give our worry to God, God gives us back peace. Now, is that working for us? Is that working for us? Carol, I think you hit on something really important here, control. Do we really give it to God? Do we really give control of it to God? Because if it's not working, maybe we haven't truly given it over to God. Say, Lord, I really, I mean, we, we take things to God in prayer and say, Lord, I really want you to make this work out the way I want it to work out, right? That's what we do. Instead of saying, Lord, your will be done. I'm giving this thing over to you, and I'm just going to trust in my heart that you're going to do what you're going to do. I'm just going to trust, and I'm going to let go of it. I'm really going to let go of it. Like our worry is a balloon on a string and we are letting go of the balloon and letting the worry go as opposed to holding on to the balloon and saying, Lord, I really want you to, you know, do your thing with this balloon, but I'm not going to let it go. Nope. I'm going to carry it with me. I'm going to tie it to my belt. Is that working for us? Have you ever truly 
Have you ever truly been able to give something over to God? Just give it away and not worry about it and be at peace and felt that peace. Maybe, maybe, maybe it hasn't happened for you. And, and why not? I, maybe you haven't, maybe you struggled to give it over. D says, we do, then we take it back. Absolutely. We take it, we try and take it. We maybe gave it away for a day and now, or for an hour, but now we're taking it back. Maybe, maybe we need to pray more. Maybe we need to pray more. And maybe we need to uh, pray as often as we can, pray as often as we think we, we, we're going to worry. Uh, and so we have an opportunity now to look at the world right now, to look at the world as it is, to look at all the problems in the world, the virus, everything, everything that's going on in the world, to look at it. And it, we can either look at it and see lots of reasons to worry, or we can see lots of reasons to pray. If we can change our mindset to see things and say, wow, that is a reason to w- pray. That's a reason to pray. I think that'll lead us into a lot more prayer, right? It'll help us to let go of those things and, and it'll help us to trust God. Say, Lord, your will be done. Thy will be done in the world as it is in heaven. Thy will be done in my life. Thy will be done and help me to trust help me to trust. So, okay, I've gone on for too long. I need to quit. I have a phone call coming in in two minutes, but we'll close with a word of prayer. Uh, Dear Lord, we thank you for your many blessings, and we pray that you would be with us. We pray that we would know that you are with us as you promised to be with us. Help us to let go of the things that we are worried about, and may your will be done in this world, Lord. May we see your will being done uh, as we work through uh, how to navigate a pandemic and how to navigate uh, racial justice and all the other things going on in the world. Uh, Help us to find peace. Give us your peace as we give you all the things on our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, everybody, have a great day. Thanks for joining me today, and I'll see you Thursday at 1030.